My friends, my family, my foes, welcome to The Right Show. This is not the daily show, the Trevor No Laugh Show, the Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Ellen, or Jimmy Noah Show. You're watching The Right Show. You're here at the right place at the right time. We're the only interactive show where if you put a tip in the bucket, I try to catch it in time, highlight your name, and we can definitely applaud you for supporting the podcast. All right. It's a live cast. So podcasters, if you're listening to this a week later, look in the description. Maybe there's a little link there and you can watch along. These visuals are going to be popping today. This episode is called Unmask the Kids. It's our 50th episode. Who would have thought a year ago today we'd been able to pull off 50 episodes, but mask mandates are dropping like flies. We talk about the Super Bowl, the halftime show. We give you a sneak peek of my new documentary coming out tomorrow and my new movie, which is already out, but you're not going to want to miss it. It's all happening right here. Let's go. Oh, you might not know this, but The Right Show is a support group for normal people. We welcome all of our podcasters, our Facebookers, our YouTubers, and our subscribers have not moved in three months at 337,000. Now, a year ago today, we were at 57,000. So we shot up the charts and then er, somebody hit the brakes on us on YouTube. Not cool. We know what you're doing. Where are you from and what did you do for Valentine's Day. Yes, how did it end up? I want to pry into your souls. I want the dirt. And we're going to highlight what my fans did on Valentine's Day. It's going to be amazing. Now, I just got back from a week in Reno. All right. So Reno, my dog, joined me in Reno. And it was so much fun. Now, it started in California where I did a comedy show for a uh, shooting academy like, uh, you know, safety, like self-defense, firearms, because I figure if you're going to talk about guns, uh, you're going to complain about guns, you want to mandate or create laws for guns, then you should have to show that you've done at least 15 hours of firearms training. Every congressperson needs to do 15 hours of firearms training and learn, learn from a military or a police professional what guns do, what they're for, what the training is for them, before you start making laws, because you're not one of the exploits. If you're not an exploit, then why are you pontificating on guns? Dr. Fauci's an exploit on science, so you need to be an exploit on guns. So I went ahead and I did a comedy show for gun experts. Then I went to Laughlin and did a show for Catholics, which is pretty much the same thing. Then I went to my Reno shows. So much fun, but it doesn't do any good just to talk about it, to brag about it. This is show and tell, baby. Enjoy the gun show, the Catholic show, and Reno, my dog, roof, roof, in Reno. Our oldest audience member in the crowd said, I want my hair to match the comedians. And look, did he do it? Did he do it? Make some noise if you like it. Whoa! I like that.
Dustin. What do you think about that? Oh my. Reno has never seen this. He wants to know what's going on. Okay, easy. Easy. It's okay. It's okay. Good boy. Rena, you like that? You like it? It's okay? Yeah? One more? Yeah? You more massage? Okay, hold on. Here it comes. Good boy. Oh, good boy. What a pampered dog. Oh, lifting the leg up too. Lift that leg. There you go. Get that. Uh, unbelievable. So uh, a lot of you posted how your Valentine's night ended up in the comments. We put those on the screen and that was a lot of fun. Some of you babysat, some of you had a little romance. It wasn't quite safe for me to post, but rated XXX and others of you just spent it like me with the doggy. All right. So upcoming tour dates we had just put on the screen. We have added five new cities right here. So roll call. If you have friends that live in these cities, please tell them to come to the show. Take a look and tell me what you see here. Okay, Chicago, we all know. Rosemont is also Chicago, basically. Ann Arbor, Toledo, Raleigh, Ogden, Naples, Florida, Tampa, Hartford, and Albany. Okay? Anyone who messages me quickly on info at k-vonncomedy.com say, hey, did I win? I want my free ticket. I'm going to give one to each person, so... Each of you, four people can win a ticket to Rosemont, four of you will win a ticket to Ann Arbor, and four to Raleigh. That means that is 12 tickets, average price $30 each, $360 in savings for my fans. You can send a friend, send your aunt, send your uncle, or send your Jimmy. Comment of the week just came in. Someone said, Kayvon, I have not been getting any of your posts, any of your videos. I thought maybe you quit comedy, maybe you got tired. Maybe uh, Hillary Clinton visited your house and you're no longer doing comedy for that reason. No, none of that is true. I will show you what the person showed me. Can you believe this? The guy sends me his Instagram screenshot and he subscribed to everything, but this is the new trick. They automatically removed his posts, okay? So what does that mean? That means post notifications turned off. Story notification turned off. Video notification turned off. And reels turned off. That's everything. As you saw, the Super Bowl Sunday crowd was not wearing masks. 78,000 people in the stands. Everyone at their parties at home, everyone at work, everyone all over the world, no masks.
masks, but the children still wore masks. Why? Because the kids have been told they need to wear masks. So uh, as they were told for the very first time since kindergarten, some of them have never seen their teacher's face or their friend's face, maybe for a fleeting second. But these kids have never seen each other's face. They've never seen that teacher mouth the words she sang. And they're seeing their kindergarten, first grade. And now finally in second grade, they were told, okay, that you don't need a mask. All the adults, all the celebrities, all the multimillionaires, they never followed the rules, but kids do follow the rules. Not all students were as excited. There were students. Sadly, at the University of Nevada, Reno, how pathetic, that's where I graduated from. So those kids you just saw, I believe, were in Las Vegas. That's where I went to elementary school and high school. Then you go to where I went to college, and this is the way the brilliant college kids act when they're told they no longer need to wear a mask. You just saw the children, now the more intelligent, the more mature, the more responsible people. Go. Go Pratt, step back. We are here today to organize a protest um, to reinstate the mask mandate. Um, this started on Thursday after Governor Sisolak dropped the mask mandate statewide um, and shortly after uh, President Sandoval dropped the mask mandate for UNR. We are out here to make our voices heard um, and to try and show UNR and NCHI in general that we care about reinstating the mask mandate. I feel honestly incredibly unsafe. Um, you know, we wear masks to protect ourselves and also to protect others. Um, there's very good statistics that show that if you you have an active COVID case and you are wearing a mask, you are protecting it spreading to other people. There are all these people now on campus who are not wearing masks who could possibly be um, spreading COVID and that is, you know, additionally confounded by the fact that we took away our vaccination requirement. So there's no, I have no idea of knowing how many of my students, how many of my peers, how many people walking past me um, are unvaccinated and spreading COVID at a much higher rate, putting me and again, all of my community at risk. President Sandoval, please listen to us. Um, there is a huge population of your university who feels unsafe. Um, please help us. Ah, there you have it. So the adults, the 18 to 21 year olds, they still want to follow the science. Do you understand that we could all die? Like, I don't feel faith. Have you noticed they spell safe, T-H-A-F-E? I don't feel safe unless we are following the science, T-H-I-E-N-T-H. The science makes you feel safe. These people all have the exact same problem. It is a mental illness, and it's known as leftism. Leftism is a mental illness because it makes you think things that are not true and yell about things that do not happen. You can look at anything. It makes you think a wall doesn't work at the border. Walls don't work. Yes, they do. That's why you're not in my house right now screaming and yelling. That's why your mom and dad have a gated community. They're not 100%, but they create friction between the problem and the solution. Uh, math will save my life. Wearing a cloth mask for a virus doesn't work. Especially, you're not a doctor. You don't have a bunch of clean masks. You have a dirty cloth mask you've been wearing all week. You threw it on the floor of your dorm room. Your friend came in and sat on it while you played Nintendo. It fell on the bathroom floor. You ate lunch and you wiped the grease off your chin with it. Your mask is dirtier than the air. And Black Lives Matter. 
No one ever said black lives don't matter. Criminal lives tend to be at risk. The more of a criminal you are, the higher risk you are by getting shot from a homeowner, a citizen, a police officer, a security guard. So if your life matters, you don't do crime and you don't get shot. Every year in America, more white people are shot by police. There is not an epidemic of police shootings. There's like 10 a year. We know all of their names in the black community. We've chanted for them. We've worn t-shirts for them. We've marched for them. You can't name a single white person killed by the police in the last two decades, except for Ashley Babbitt, the white woman shot illegally by a police officer when she was unarmed for jumping through a window. If any black was shot jumping through a window in America, unarmed, just going to a, a parade or a, a, a rally or a peaceful protest, and the police officer admitted, I couldn't see what was in his hands and I just didn't want to take that risk. So I, without warning, just took the shot. We would all be marching today. So leftism is a mental illness, but I'm so glad the kids finally get to breathe. So I ask you, who is smarter? First graders or university students? Put it in the chats. We're going to catch up with some of the comments here. Walls work better than Biden's invitation to stomp our borders. Okay, so the reason the left kept pushing the lie that walls don't work and just use cameras, just use drones, is because it's very easy for Biden to just turn off a drone, turn off a camera, and let the border do what it's going to do. When you put a physical wall there, they threw a temper tantrum because that is very hard to knock a wall down in the middle of the night. There's proof, positive, tangible evidence. This wall is here. This structure goes down 15 feet and up 30. Solid. Is it 100%? No. Some cartel member will take a hot air balloon. Someone will dig. But it won't be a million people a year going under or over. It'll be the ones that are the most motivated. Now, let's say you're a border agent and someone is a high-powered digging machine and they're coming under. Who do you think that would be? Is that an abuela who's trying to come to America? Or is that... El Chapo. So the force you can use on someone who's digging a 35 foot deep tunnel with a machine, you can engage, you could take him out with a rifle, pop, pop, pop. You could shoot him, whether you know he's armed or not, because that guy is probably highly funded enough to know good. But you can't just shoot at people crossing the border through the desert. You're gonna hit grandmas, grandpas, uncles, aunts, children, ninos, the Pintas and the Santa Marias. You don't want to do that. So that's why they kept panicking. Walls don't work. Walls don't work. Everyone chant with us. Walls don't work. They needed to trick you. Did it work? Probably not on this show, but on many people, it did. Now, we all know that college students are dumb. You can see that the elementary kids are smart. And the longer they stay in school, the dumber they get. Until we get to Turning Point USA. Turning Point USA is a campus conservative group. If you never heard of them, look them up. They're building in numbers. They're building in importance on campus because what that girl just said, I don't feel safe. This is weird. I need a safe space. We need our masks. We need our binky. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. That's the kind of person that is very common. That is the mainstream person on campus. So now conservatives or moderates or people that aren't even political are considered far-right loonies because they're now the minority on campus. 
I took my talents to San Diego State University so that we could make a mini documentary that comes out tomorrow. I hope every single person will tune in tomorrow, share this, post this, get it out there so we can raise awareness on what Turning Point's doing, what I'm doing, and how the two can come together. Roll that preview. When it comes to a college campus, a conservative is by far the most discriminated upon. And since they aren't recognized and privileged with that coveted minority status, they get almost no protection from their attackers, no support from school administrators, and no wall-to-wall -wall mainstream national coverage when they face abuse. Don't believe me? Watch this. I want to There might be some girls here. This is San Diego, so you need the biceps to be popping. Conservative women, by far the hottest. Means you won't have to argue with them every day. You can put a ring on it. You never want your girl to say, well, the ladies on The View said, uh-uh, if that's coming out of the mouth, it's gonna be an argument every night at the dinner table. Corner 59. All right, 460, let's just. When I announced the show, the feedback from people all over the US, Instant name recognition. You're doing a turning point event? Oh my God, things have gotten real. I've done shows in big theater, small theaters, NBC, Netflix. We're gonna be saying, let's go Brandon. Oh yeah. <laughs> if he's still around. Oh. <laughs> you see, he's gotta make it three more years. He, this, you gotta leave me on the stage. Oh and my God. We'll have our Joe Biden moment. What's going on, do I get pudding? Hey. <laughs> So the way the show was supposed to be was, it was supposed to be in a theater called the Aztec Theater. And they said, if you do it there, you need three police officers because of the safety, the safety. This is just a way that college campuses will often throw roadblocks. A student group can't afford three police officers. Who's triggered? Who's triggered? I'm sorry. This is not a safe space. This is an outdoor space. So... It's science. All about science. What happened in the tunnel stayed in the tunnel. Yeah. Oh, just so you, just so you know. Oh, very funny, very funny. I love K1. Sorry, I'm still dancing from that documentary preview. I hope you like that preview. The documentary is 20 minutes long. That's called a mini doc. It's going to be on YouTube, Facebook, and Rockfin tomorrow, 9 a.m. And that documentary hits so hard, it exposes what's going on on college campuses. You know your grandparents, your, your great-grandma, your great-aunt Shirley? She has no idea. She thinks back, well, we used to wear poodle skirts and wear our letters on our shirt, and we'd go to the sock hop. Why are people anti-college now? Grandma, college has changed. Okay? Now, the poodle skirts and the grease lightning hair, you're going to get beat up by a radical purple hair lip ring leftist with a chain that goes down to her nipple and daisy chains around to her butthole. And she's going to instruct you to learn about her heritage, her opinions, and get out of her safe space. Then you're going to get kicked out of school because you look too white, even if you're Greek, Cuban, doesn't matter. Your opinion came off very white, and you're going to get flunked out of school and you're going to get replaced with someone of a better color. So, Grandma, 
You need to watch my documentary and wake up to what's going on on college campuses in the United States of America. Okay. I'm about to show you what some canenes are all about. Because in my documentary, mm -hmm, we hear all the time about Karens annoying white women. But nobody talk about no canenes. I'm the only one. I'm the one covering them canenes. So your kids going to learn what they're going to see when they get to college. Take off their mask and look at some canenes up in their grill. Okay. All right. So that's what's going to happen. I can't wait for you to watch my documentary. Share it. It'll probably be one of the more important videos I've ever made. And it's all happening tomorrow. We'll be back with more The Right Show right after this. A lot of people said, Kayvon, will you please tell me your thoughts on the halftime show? We want you to, to, to break it down. What did we see? Should we be offended? Should we not? Well, first of all, the Super Bowl was a very good game. And at halftime, they brought rappers, rappers that grew up in most of them in Los Angeles, California. And when they started doing music, their whole genre was under attack because their music was counterculture. The police, they were against them. The far right, they were against them. Conservatives are against them. So these were the young urban youth who were going to spit their rhymes. And even the government made them put on their album Parental Advisory. Well, that's the stuff we all wanted to learn and listen to growing up. Anyone from the 80s, 90s, if it didn't have parental advisory, you're like, nah, I don't want that one. Give me the one I'm not supposed to hear. So that became a badge of honor where some rappers, they wouldn't even get the parental advisory and they would beg for it. They might throw in a couple F words just to get that cool little black and white sticker. Some of you remember that parental advisory. So that coming from there and becoming so mainstream that Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre and Eminem could share the stage at a Super Bowl. They've come a long way in their genre. Were the songs good? Those are songs I've always liked. At one point, 50 Cent came from Hanging Upside Down, which is a homage to his first video that ever came out. Uh, uh, go shorty, it's your birthday. We gonna party like it's your birthday. Gonna sip a party like it's your birthday. And we know who's been eating all that birthday cake the whole time. Fatty Scent. It was pretty obvious to see from the first time he came upside down in his music video rapping about living that nightclub life to 18 years later, he has put on the weight. He also wore a chain that said 50 on it. I thought that was his age, but it was an homage to his original rap name. Some people called him 50 Burgers and some people called him a buck 50. One person I saw was very funny. They said, inflation has hit all of us, but it's hit 50 Cent the hardest. He partied like it's his birthday. Now, the only problem I had with 50 Cent and his performance was that song is not appropriate for the 20 million children watching and the 35 million 70 and up crowd that were watching. The reason is the song goes like this. I'm in the having sex, sign in the making love. So come give me a hug. You feel like getting rubbed. All right. Do we really need to say I'm into having sex, sign in the making love during the Super Bowl? Yeah, I know that was your hit song 18 years ago. You're 50 years old, 50. Be clever. You're on a new platform. You're not trying to make like 18-year-old girls go, ooh, that's so dangerous. You're not trying to make Chelsea Handler going, take it, 50. You're trying to entertain everybody 
including the young mind. So why do you have to say I'm into having sex? I, I, I already figured out how he could have changed it. He could have said, I'm in the Super Bowls. I ain't into making love. So come give me a hug. That would have made everyone go, I'm in the Super Bowls. I'm not in the make. So Snoop Dogg would have been like, oh, we, I'm in the Super Bowls too. Mm. And then people would have been like, I'm in the Super Bowls. Did he used to say that? People would have flocked to the computer. Did 50 Cent change? He's so clever. He changed, I'm in the having sex, I'm making love, to I'm in the Super Bowls, I'm in the making love. Wouldn't that have been kind of cool? Tell me if you agree. That would have been money. All right. We move on. Eminem was criticized for taking a knee. Who cares? The radical left, mainstream left, thinks that, oh, moderates and conservatives, they're shocked whenever someone takes a knee. People take a knee at church. They take a knee to get knighted. They take a knee when their best friend dies. We don't care if Eminem takes a knee during his song. The whole point was we didn't like that Colin Kaepernick, every time the national anthem would play, would just stay seated because he was kicked off the football team. I mean, literally, he was seated the first two games because he wasn't a starter anymore. Then in typical fashion, he realized, ah, I can make this seem like I'm just mad about something else. I'm mad about uh, black people. Even though I was raised by all white people, went to a white private schools, raised by a white family. I was given away by black people to a white adopted parents. Then I went to Reno, Nevada, was cheered for by all white people, moved to San Francisco, played for the liberals of San Fran, which are almost all white, guilt-ridden people. And now this league is racist against me because I'm kind of black. So when the national anthem plays of the greatest country that has ever been on earth, he stayed seated. One of his teammates, who was a veteran, said, would you at least please take a knee? Fun. So he started taking a knee. And why are you doing that? Well, because I'm mad about what happened to black people. Now he's the martyr of the century. He stuck up for what he believed in when he got cut from his team. Now it looks like he wasn't cut for being a bad football player. He intermixed all this race stuff. Oh, now the left takes that story and runs. He was cut because he's black. Has anyone ever been cut from the NFL because they're black? Really? Please. Okay. So we don't care that Eminem took a knee during his song. We are sick of radical leftists who claim they want unity. We have unity. We have a thing called, regardless of our differences, for one and a half minutes, we all stand together to at least respect the country and how many lives were lost and how many people laid their life on the line to get here. So Eminem, you can kneel for Tupac songs, your songs, Eminem songs, Dr. Dre songs, Suge Knight songs. You can kneel for Puff Daddy songs. Okay. You can kneel for Ricky Martin. You can kneel for Ricky Martin and he'd probably like that. Just stop kneeling for the anthem, which he's never had the guts to do. And he never would because let's face it, 80% of Eminem's fans are white, conservative, and moderate. Do you agree with me that nobody cares if anybody kneels for their own song? Not me. Not me in the slightest. All right. 
50 bucks for Reno. No way. I will not sell you Reno for $50. Just like the NBA. Sir Mix-a-Lot performed a song at the Seattle Symphony. Wow, that's hilarious. How do you perform I Like Big Butts with a symphony? I like big butts and I don't not like. That'd be beautiful. Oh, here we go. Wolfie threw down a tip. Thank you, Wolfie. I appreciate you. You are always one of the biggest supporters we have on here. Please continue spoiling Reno. Well, he's going to eat the best food that comes in a bag you can get. Science diet. That's right. All right, let's move right along. This episode is flying. The media will not give up race. They keep trying to divide us. And how do they do it recently? They are bragging that the first ever skeleton athlete, did you know skeleton is a sport? That's where you go down head first down the bobsled run. Well, the first ever black skeleton athlete is here. So are you excited? Are you shocked? Are you losing your mind? Wow, we have a black skeleton athlete. This is amazing. So I had a question. I was like, wow, that's interesting, whatever. Why not just say she's a great athlete, but here we are. So how black is she? Because if you're going to tell me how big a deal is that we now have a black athlete, I become curious, how black is she? And we get this black. Oh, yes. Move over, Kunta Kinte. Watch out, Wesley Snipes. Batten down the hatches. Lil Nas X, because here we have the blackest athlete in the Winter Olympics. Now, this should be irrelevant, but since the media made such a big deal of it, we have to show how black she is. And then I was like, wow, she's getting all this credit for being black and an athlete. I was just happy that she was participating in the Olympics and representing America. I was so curious, what do her parents look like? How black are they? So I Googled that as well. And since the media got me so curious, we look at her very, very dark black family. But here we have mom, who looks very much like her daughter. And then dad, that's where all the black comes from. You see, he looks like every Jewish uncle I have ever seen at a bar mitzvah. So how would I have pitched the story? I would have just packaged it politely. I would have said, we have a great athlete. Uh, her family is so proud of her. She was a snowboarder. And now she turned her talents to skeleton. Very few females in the world go downhill head first on a sled. Maybe she was a bad snowboarder and she was just sliding down. And she's like, hey, I'm kind of good at this. She was able to lay on her board and steer it through the trees. And she thought, this is natural. I don't know. Then I would have said her family is uh, is so proud of her. They're, they're the true American family. Because American families are not just one race. America is a tapestry of cultures. Her mom is very, very white. Her dad took 23 and me, and it turns out he's 25% African-American five generations ago. And it's just so cool to see an American hopefully winning gold for this amazing country that shows that you can be from any background and do well. Ha-ha. What do you think of that? Yeah. But that's not what the news is going. The news is going with black, black, black. She's so black. Wow. There's never been someone that black. That's what I call a media blackout. We need to just get over it. Let's just enjoy each other. No one is raving other than me that I'm the most famous half Persian comedian in the world. That's why every time I do something, I make sure the media knows. This is the very first half Persian to ever drink out of this cup. Mm. 
I was the very first half Persian to buy an iPhone 12 and type this in it. I'm the first half Persian ever. You know what I'm saying? Do you see how annoying it's getting? But I do that as satire to parody them. All right. So that's the end of our episode. Don't forget, Turning Point documentary comes out tomorrow. And I think I owe you guys a little more. I really do. Many of you asked, you said, Kayvon, weren't you in a movie? Yeah, last month. It was in theaters. But none of you, in the grand scope of things, okay, I have 500,000 followers, subscribers, fans on my multiple social media. I bet 10%, 50,000 people have seen the movie from my efforts. So I'm going to bring the movie to you. Now you can get a sneak peek of Funny Thing About Love. And if you enjoy it, you go on Apple Movies or Amazon and you watch it yourself. Very funny. They'll show you a little bit of my acting. And uh, I play a comedian in the movie. Napoleon Dynamite's John Heater. Jason Gray is in there as well. He's very, very big uh, with Studio C. That's what it is. I always think of it's the Saturday Night Live for Mormon. So it's Studio C. And many people recognize him as well. I want you to take a sneak peek of the acting from Funny Thing About Love. Go. Luke? Oh, Sam. Hey. Luke Hudson? Oh, I'm your biggest fan. You never told me you know Luke Hudson. Lou has a couple of shows in town this week, and he's going to be all alone for the holiday, so Annie and I decided we should uh, invite him to join us. Hey, Luke, you should do some of your new material for us. Oh, uh, I don't think so. No, no, come on. No, it'll help you, you know, like, get ready for the show. Come on. I, I think we should just leave him alone. No, come on, do it. Just say something funny. Do something about lawyers. <laughs> Lou! 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 <laughs> uh, normally, I prefer my crowd has a few drinks and I'm a big That wasn't the bit yet. Genius! All right. Uh, oh, Luke. Genius. Thanks. <laughs> uh, you guys have been an amazing crowd. I'll be here all weekend. Tip the wait staff. Hey, did you guys enjoy that? So that's just a little sneak peek of the opening scene in the movie. And uh, a lot of you laughed and enjoyed that. I got to play a stand-up comedian. What could go wrong? You can pick that up. And also, while we were showing that, someone threw a tip in the bucket. Thank you. Feminine one. Move over, Kunta Kinte. We have Kayvon Kinte right here. That's what I'm talking about. I can go to the Democrats, ask for a Kinte cloth, and take a knee. As long as it's not during the anthem. Susan says the movie looks very cute. Marissa says pizza sounds great too. Here's what you do. You order a pizza, you put on my movie. If you messed up on Valentine's Day, this is your chance. Say, I know that guy. Honey, come here. I got pizza and the guy I know. And next week I'm going to go live with him and I'm going to type what we did here and he's going to highlight it on the screen. That is how you do that. Now someone said, Kayvon, would you ever get on Rumble? Would you be surprised to learn I was the very first half Persian, half Scottish comedian ever to be on Rumble. So don't ask me to get on Rumble. Did you even check if I was already on Rumble? There was, 
I don't know why the news didn't highlight this, that the first ever dark, dark Persian comedian that was half is on Rumble. Duh. So make sure you guys look up that. And what is the movie called? It is called Funny Thing About Love. It's very cute, very cool. It's PG. So uh, don't worry. You can watch it with grandma. After you turn off the Super Bowl and 50 Cent, I'm going to have a shit son in the making love. Then you can watch me not having sex and not making love. Oh, yeah. So if a lot of you go to Rumble, that'll make me really happy because let's face it. My YouTube views have gotten suppressed, even though we're doing our best. All right. That is all for The Right Show. And I'm going to tell you guys something. You have helped me out a lot. 50 episodes. We did it. We're hanging out after this on caveoncomedy.locals.com. If you want to make a one-time donation, you could do it on GoFundMe, PayPal, Venmo, or the Cash app. We already had people who did that last week. Their names are flying by, and we appreciate them so much because they keep the show alive. We're going to need a new SD card. We filled this one up. That's why we lost sound for a little bit. We wake America up with laughter. Freedom of speech is under attack under Biden and big tech. So go to Rumble, Rockfin, and Locals. And don't forget, our $100 plus donors, mm -mm -mm. you keep this show running. Visit your local podcast subscriber. Give us five stars. At this point, I need you all to come find me on a tour date. Kvoncomedy.com, coming to a city near you. I'm not traveling all over this map and you don't show up. So tell your friends, get the word out, and thank you. Remember, the key from this episode was let's stop recognizing her as a black athlete and recognize our favorite athlete as an American. Why is the left so divisive? We're going to have to explore that more next episode. We ran out of time. See you next week.